0: Christmas, we'll be looking in John chapter 1, just very briefly, Um, more as a devotional to kind of inform our worship this evening and tomorrow. Uh, Christmas Eve is a uh, wonderfully exciting time, I think, for all of us, Um, and I'm sure for those uh, who are little, it's especially exciting. Um, I can remember as a kid just being kind of, well, I probably was a handful, actually. I was so excited Uh, Just probably hard to control. Just being so excited about opening gifts. Anybody excited about opening gifts tonight or tomorrow? Yeah. I see some hands from people that are a little older as well. Um, Opening gifts and giving gifts. I think as we grow older, that excitement grows more and more. Um, I can remember as a kid, actually, um, Christmas morning was just so uh, wonderful. And uh, we couldn't, our parents would give us the gifts early in the morning. They would put them out uh, in Stand would be part of that, and so forth. And, and it, uh, we were told, do not get up in the morning, do not wake us up. Um, and as a kid, what I heard was, don't wake us up. I didn't hear the first part, do not get up early in the morning. And my brothers and I, and my sister as well, we would actually map out the, the entire uh, hallway system and the stairs, all the way downstairs. My parents' bedroom was right by the top of the stairs. We mapped out all the creaky boards uh, in the hallway and on the stairs and we would actually plan out how to get down there without making any noise. And we were successful most years, and it was always so wonderful, just so exciting. And we give gifts at Christmas because we celebrate the greatest gift given. And what I want to do is just take a little bit of time to look at the Scriptures and talk about this greatest gift. And I hope, by God's grace, as I do this, that we would have a deeper understanding of just how amazing... It is that God has given us Himself at Christmas. And my hope is in that, that your excitement would be most for what God has done for us through His Son. So let me pray, and we'll look at God's Word in John chapter 1, and then uh, just comment briefly on it. Lord, thank You for the truth of Christmas. We're grateful for being together. We're grateful for sharing gifts. We're grateful for excitement. But Lord, most of all, The wonder of Christmas is that you have given yourself for us and all your goodness and glory. So I pray as we look at your word, would we be able to see by your power just what a gift we have, the very greatest gift. And may that overwhelm any other sense that we might have during Christmas as we celebrate you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. John chapter 1. This is the beginning of John. um, And it says, in the beginning, the word already existed in the New Living Translation. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness, darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light, so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Um, Sorry. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. This is the beginning of the Gospel of John. And in the other Gospels, they begin speaking of the birth of Christ or the the, uh, beginning of Christ's life. But in John, it starts this way. It's different than the other Gospels. And it's actually... Uh, no less important or powerful. Actually, this section of Scripture is arranged in poetic form. Um, it's r- arranged in an X-shaped structure to emphasize certain points. It really just demonstrates the, the genius of the, of the Bible, the genius of God, uh, and, and the important points that he wants to establish. So it's this X-shaped structure. I think we have a diagram to show to show you kind of the structure. Now, don't worry, there won't be a quiz, and you don't have to you know, think too hard about your English class back in grammar school. But it's an X-shaped structure that kind of descends to a certain point, then comes back from that point. So it's, if you make a mirror image, it makes, makes an X. And this structure is just points to the core. It really helps us understand key points on the way to the core structure, the core point. The core point of this passage is what it says right there in the middle. He came to be received, verses 12 through 13. Along the way to that point and along the way back from that point as we go through the chapter, there are some key points that John makes and God makes through John for us that are relevant to Christmas. And I want to highlight just three of them. The first one is what you see both at the very top of that side and the bottom. He is God and shows God. So the first point I want to talk about is that Jesus shows God. The second point, which is the next point down, and then the second from the bottom is He blesses us with creation. And then at the end, He blesses us with new creation. So I want to talk about that. And then, of course, I want to talk, go right to the core and talk about that, just briefly on each of these. First, we learn here that He shows us God. It says in verse 1, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. We learn about Jesus that He is God Himself. He is not a byproduct of God. He is not a created being. He is God. He's existed forever. Way, way back before anything happened, before there was time, there was God, and there was God the three in one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So Jesus is this Word that already existed. This Word, this governing truth, this governing principle, this this core communication. It's who He is as the second person of the Trinity, the Word. The One who, who governs, the One who communicates. And before he ever came to earth to reign and govern as king or to communicate what the Father is like, he was eternally the Son. And these are his characteristics in his personhood. He dwelt with God, and and so before time, he existed, and then he comes to show us God. We learn that from the the bottom half of this section that mirrors the, the top half. It says in verse 18, No one has ever seen God. But the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He's at the Father's side, it says in other translations. He has revealed God to us. So it isn't just that Jesus is God. It isn't just that He's existed forever with God. But He comes to show us who God is. No one has ever seen God. No one can see God in the fullness of His glory. Yet the Son, God the Son, comes to show us what God is like. If you want to know what God's like, Look at Jesus. Consider the Christmas story. Consider His life. Consider everything that He did. Look at all the characteristics of Jesus. And that's how you will see God. That's how you will know God. God wants us to know Him. He doesn't want us just to have an idea about God, some abstract idea. He wants us to know God. He wants us to see God. Jesus came that you could see God. That's what this passage is teaching us. Anyone here uh, grow up in a warm climate where there wasn't any snow? Anyone in the room? Anyone know someone who grew up in a warm climate where there wasn't any snow? It's, anyone want to have grown up in a warm climate where there isn't any snow? <laughs> um, it's really interesting when people who never have seen snow see it for the first time their reactions. I don't know if you've ever seen anything. I was actually this week looking at a number of videos of people, and it's just wonderful to see as they have their first experience with, this, with snow. Um, and, and there's just a number of things that go on. First, they just, uh, actually I watched one person who was just crying. It was so beautiful, uh, just the whiteness covering the landscape, uh, the beauty of that. Uh, it's the, just the, the tactile aspect of it as well. There's like, there's frozen water coming from the sky, and it's, and there's, you know, to touch it and to crunch it and to slip on it. And it's just wonderful to to watch them experience that firsthand. It's one thing to read about snow. It's one thing to see it in a book. It's another thing to be there and to walk in the snow and to look at the landscape. That's kind of the idea with Jesus coming to show us God. You may think about God. You might read about him. But Jesus comes that you might know him. You might see what he's like. You might observe him and and know him in his characteristics, in his humility, in his kindness, in his patience, in his wisdom, in his holiness, in his amazing love. So that's the first part of that section. The next thing that it teaches us here is he comes to bless us with creation, or he comes to give us every good gift. This is the second line. It speaks of him, he created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything, That was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So Jesus is the instrument of creation. So everything that exists came through him. He's the creator. He's the giver of all these things. All the things we see around us. We ourselves. The world. Light. uh, Darkness. The planets. Sunsets. The ocean. Food. Family. All these things are created through Jesus. So this is who he is. He's the one who blesses us with creation. He makes all things. And it talks about his light shining and the darkness doesn't extinguish it. His glory and goodness comes forth and through creation and the darkness will never extinguish it. He's Lord over creation. He shines his glory. Darkness will never overcome it. He will, he will see to it that his creation fulfills its ultimate purpose. He is the giver. He's the one who blesses us. All these things that we experience in creation come through Christ. And parallel with that in this passage is he's the one who blesses us with new creation. So down in verse 16 and 17, it says, From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Jesus not only blesses us with creation... He blesses us with new creation. He pours out blessing on top of blessing. The law is given through Moses. God's unfailing love and faithfulness come through Jesus. You see, it wasn't enough for Jesus just to come to bless us with creation, things like snow, food, uh, the ocean, all these things we enjoy, um, the ability to, to, to have a job and skills. All these things come from, from his goodness, but that's not enough. Uh, in His amazing graciousness to us. He's come to give us new creation. He's come to give us Himself. He came to live a life on earth that we knew and know we ought to live, but, but have fallen short of. He came to love perfectly. He came as God in the flesh to give Himself, to humble Himself. He chose to be born as a poor baby, placed in a feeding trough for his cradle. He chose to humble himself to that point of becoming human and and humbling himself, living a poor life, and yet being faithful to his Heavenly Father, being faithful to love and serve others, bringing truth, teaching us amazing truth that to this day, Christian or not, has impacted our, our world. The sorts of things that he said Do unto others as you'd have them do to you. Um, The wisdom of His teaching. It's more blessed to give than to receive. The amazing gift of His life, His miracles that demonstrated His lordship over sin and sickness, storms and, and Satan and death. He lived this glorious life, this faithful life in giving Himself again and again. And then He gave Himself to the point of going to the cross. This is the love of God. This is the gift of the Lord. This is the gift of Christ. Not giving Himself merely in creation, but in creating new creation. He went to that cross to die on the cross in our place. For we're made by God and we're called to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love our neighbors as ourselves and we have all fallen short. We've all let darkness in a sense extinguish us. And the wages of sin, the penalty, the justice of God, demands that He respond to that rebellion, essentially exiling us from living in His presence. The wages of sin is death, and yet God in His great love for us came as Christ to give His life, to serve us in this way, and to go to the cross, to offer Himself in your stead on the cross. That through His death, through His blood shed for you, Through faith in Him, you could be forgiven. Then He was raised on the third day victorious over sin and death. He is the very greatest gift there is. And He was given to you and to me so that we could be forgiven, so that we could not only enjoy creation, but new creation. That in Him we could have life and new life. This is who He is. His generosity is over-the-top amazing. He loves us. And the gift of His life, the gift of His incarnation as a child, the gift of His perfect life lived in our place, the gift of His life offered on the cross, the gift of His life given to us as we live by faith, ever ever poured out into us, should overwhelm our sense of any other gift given. Other gift-giving is important, and it's a way to show our love, but ultimately, it's only a small token of the love of God and what He's given us. And at Christmas, uh, may the wonder of His gift, of Himself, overwhelm every other gift-giving. Imagine if this Christmas you went home, and, and, uh, and there in your driveway was a brand new car wrapped in a bow for you to enjoy, or, I don't know, maybe... You'd like something like, you know, a check to pay off your mortgage. Or maybe a check and a bow to pay off your college tuition. Whatever it might be. Would would that gift kind of overwhelm your Christmas? Would you remember the Christmas that you got that great gift? Well, this is the Christmas you get the greatest gift. God Himself in the flesh giving Himself for you. That That you might know forgiveness. That you might know joy. That all your other gift giving would fall in line with that greatest gift of all. He comes to give Himself. And then finally, He comes to give Himself that we might receive Him. Verses 12-13 through teach us that to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. The whole point here in in His being God, and His coming to show us God, and Him giving Himself to us, on the way to, is to this main point here, which is that we would receive Him. That we would receive Him and in that place of receiving Him would have life. We would receive new life. We would receive forgiveness in Him. That's the whole point here is that we wouldn't just say, well, that's so nice. Isn't Christmas nice? But, but instead, we would go beyond that to say, yes, I believe in. Yes, I receive Him. And the promise there is that as you receive Him, You are now a child of God. You are a son or a daughter in Christ of God through simply receiving Him. That's the point in this passage. That's where it's all going. He shows God. He gives Himself in these ways so that you and I would receive Him. That we would receive this great gift. Again, imagine that you get that great gift when you go home. Whatever it is. And you say, nah, no thanks. And you put it out on curbside to the trash the next day. Just tell me where you live, by the way, and I'll come by and get it. You put it out, nah, I don't want the car, put it on the curbside. It, It would be ridiculous, right? I mean, who would do that? Well, that's what this is saying. Who wouldn't receive him? Who wouldn't receive this gift? Who wouldn't receive God Himself giving himself for us for our forgiveness? That we might have a relationship with Him. That we might live forever in His presence. That's the point here. For us to receive this gift. And for those of us who have received it, to rejoice in it. And you don't have to do anything special, technical to receive it. You just need to say, yes, Jesus. I receive you. I don't want to follow my own way anymore. I don't want to fall sin. I want to receive you. Thank you that you've loved me. I receive you. Open that gift. Receive it. Just communicate to him in prayer. And if you have received that, celebrate the gift again. There's no better gift. And we get to keep on experiencing the gift again and again and again. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done and all that this day represents. And I pray again, grant us power to grasp the wonder that you've given yourself for us together and Individually, there's no greater love, there's no greater gift. So be glorified in our receiving and rejoicing in this great gift. Amen.